Why niggas? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Niggas is a brand. Allen Houston. Niggas just mean Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. Protect the garden. That is exactly what the Knicks are not doing because they're playing like a trash-ass team. Ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned into the Knickish Show. My name is Mo, and I'm reporting here live after a disastrous performance that the Knicks just showed against the definitively lottery-bound Cleveland Cavaliers, where we saw them get behind as much as 36 points. With me are my two co-hosts, Osama and Teddy, who are both also just as chipper about their favorite team and their game today. Ain't that right, guys? That is, that is right indeed. Yep. I'm very. Chill. I. Oh yeah. I have. I have. All I have is I have one number for you guys. Okay. And you tell me what the significance of this number means to you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Forty-five. Can anyone guess what that means? Hmm. Uh. Yeah. There's hmm. forty-five games left till the All-Star break. That's all Fizz has. That's all Fizz has in my book. Okay. You, uh, okay. If you think he's gonna make it that long. No, I mean it just doesn't look right if he's cut before that. But right now, all I see is trash. This team. Okay, let me just go down the list of this team. All right, we have Julius Randle, trash. Marcus Morris, trash. Bobby Portis, trash. Frank Nilekina, R.J. Barrett. Iggy Brzdikas, Kevin Knox, Mitchell Robinson, Lonzo Trier, Damian Dotson, Wayne Ellington, Taj Gibson, Reggie Bullock. That team, that roster, it's not amazing, but it shouldn't look like what it's been looking like these past few games. That, to me, is on the coach. Have I said anything wrong so far? I mean, just to, just to set the mood there, Osama, um, this is right on the heels. We're having this show right on the heels of that press conference with Perry and Mills talking about, you know, how the, the, the game was just not acceptable, like a 21-point loss, blowout. Um, and this is, what, the second back to – this is the second Sunday, actually, that we've been blown out and heard boos in MSG. And it's just – the effort is just non-existent. What – I can't believe I actually saw the GM and the president of this team come out and address the media like that. That was embarrassing. Yeah, Imagine, I don't think they even planned that. Imagine you're at work and you're talking to a client and then your boss has to talk in for you and be like, oh, no, see, like, this is why we're doing this. And you got to just sit and watch quietly. Like, that's embarrassing for Fizzdale, in my opinion. I, and I think he's yeah. definitely on, on, like, you know, hot water right now. If he, he can't keep going like this or else he's, he's fucked. Yeah, if that, if that happened to me, you'd, see, you'd catch me that next morning on LinkedIn looking for new jobs, <laughs> right? That's where I think that's, you know, honestly, David Fizzdale should be on LinkedIn, uh, he shouldn't be look, talking to other NBA coaches. He shouldn't be talking to anybody in the NBA. He should be on LinkedIn. He should be speaking to his wife, speaking to his dogs, figuring out something to do because right now he cannot coach a team for his life. You know what? You know, something I thought, I always, okay, I thought at the end of last year, I'm going to give Fizdale another shot because he had a team full of young guys, nobody to really lead the team. I felt he was really testing out all the players to see who, who can do what on the team so that next year, after free agency, we can develop a squad together. 
now the team's looking actually worse than last year. I don't know. I, I after picking up guys like Julius Randle, Marcus Morris, ugh, Bobby Portis, like you'd think the team would at least be somewhat more cohesive, but no. We have a budding star who honestly in the past few games doesn't even look like it anymore in RJ Barrett and the team is somehow still absolute trash to me that's a hundred percent on the coach it's not on anybody else honestly there are there are the usual culprits like bobby portis that i can really rant about and hate on all day long as much as i want but at the end of the day it's not his fault the reason there is no cohesive offense the reason there is no defensive system is all on coach fizdale and his entire staff but you know what i'm not going to blame the staff as much because they might not have as much of a say it's on coach fizdale and we saw that very clearly today when both Scott Perry and Steve Mills decided to randomly hop out the locker room and just speak to the media because they can clearly see this is not the team that we expected to see coming into the season. So also, just to add, um, apparently uh, all three of them, Mills, um, Perry, and Dolan, were watching the game tonight, and they left after halftime and didn't come back. So they had a meeting, basically, for the rest of the game. Wow. Um, probably, probably discussing about, you know, Fisdale's future. And I think this was a clear message to everyone that, you know, Fisdale's coaching is really, really coming under fire now. And he's got he's to gotta at least be competitive. That's the, that's the goal here. I don't think any of us expect a playoff team. But to be booed out of your building, what was this, like the fourth time this season that we've mm-hmm. been almost booed out of our building is just embarrassing, ridiculous, and it's just a, it's just unacceptable all, all around. And so I give Fisdale about five more games. Um, if he doesn't actually change up his lineups, play a little bit more competitively, I think he's gone. I don't think they wait until the trade deadline, guys. That's insane. You know, I thought, and actually somebody alluded to it. Somebody asked a question in this little impromptu press conference. I don't know if it was Begley or who, but they asked, like, how much patience are you going to have with David Fisdale? And I think Steve Mills mm-hmm. answered and he said, um, you know, we're going to try to have patience. Um, we're not blaming any specific person, but we're going to try to have patience and we were hoping to at least be competitive. But they kept going back to the notion that we were hoping to be a competitive. We were hoping to at least have a change right. in culture. So it felt like they were trying to save face a little bit and not directly mention Fizdale, but it did seem pretty damning for him. Like, why else would they be having a discussion if it's just basically another game of how many so far that we've seen where the team's played absolute garbage? But I know we've been, we've been trashing on Fizdale so much. I think... People deserve to know like why we think he's actually bad. Like, what is it that we're seeing on the court that tells us he's a bad coach? Who wants to start first with that? Mo, take it away, bro. You got it. Okay. I mean, all right. So here's the thing, right? Let's let's take this game right here against the Cavs. Okay. For starters, the Cavs were one of the worst defensive teams in the league last year, right? This year, they hired John Beeline, college coach. I think. Michigan and instantly their defense turns around they're an insanely good defensive team and suddenly they're beating teams left and right and now they have a four and five record the Cleveland Cavaliers those who are led by Colin Sexton and Darius Garland okay Colin Sexton he of the rat tail in the back of his head that is a team that just pretty much booed us off the court to me what I would what I saw right off the bat was we started Frank and Taj Gibson, which I thought was a great one five defensive duo. The team started off to a little bit of a poor start and the Cavs were kinda hot, like right off 
right, right from the get-go, which I thought was a little bit unsustainable. So I thought the Knicks might come back into it within a few minutes. Instantly, Taj gets pulled for the likes of Bobby Portis and Kevin Knox. And, and for me, it's, it's okay to bring on Knox onto the court if you're going to sub him in for Randall, you know, and have Morris play the four and then actually play a more traditional lineup where you're going to have Taj Gibson as the lone five. But instead, he, we have we start we immediately see that dreaded lineup of Frank, RJ, Morris, Randall, Bobby Portis, and to me, I, I don't understand how many people have to yell it into Fizz's face that that lineup does not work whatsoever. And right off the bat, we just see three after three after three being made, and he looks like he looks confused on the bench as if running a lineup of three power forwards is somehow supposed to stifle any three-point um, offense. Like, to me, that's the most basic uh, basketball knowledge possible, and yet he somehow doesn't understand it. But then the other thing is, once Taj left the game, I don't even think we saw him again until later, late in the third quarter or into the fourth quarter. That's just beyond stupid, in my opinion. He's our only defensive yeah. big because Mitch was out, uh, and obviously, obviously that played a role in this game and the last game with with his concussion, but it doesn't matter. He's our only defensive big, and somehow he never gets any minutes. In this game, he got 17 minutes, even though he started the game. That's just unfathomable. You see, when he plays with guys like Frank, they have that easy uh, one-two game where he, he sets screens. By the way, he's the only player on this entire team who can set any screens whatsoever. Don't even get me started on Bobby Portis. His slippery screens where he basically... <laughs> He either doesn't touch anyone or he or he commits an offensive foul. He's the dumbest player I've ever seen run any sets. But beyond that, and which also, by the way, is on Fisdale for not coaching a team on setting screens or having any offensive system where they know exactly what to do. But regardless of that, Taj is not playing any minutes with Frank, which we know already they have that great pick-and-roll system. So we're not running any pick-and-rolls anymore. We have Bobby Portis, who's popping out. We have Randall, who's inside, and Marcus Morris, who is inside. And then Bobby Portis decides randomly when to go inside as well. So now we have no spacing on the court. We have Frank not playing to his strengths, with basically playing zero pick and roll. He's not going to just stand in the corner and be effective at all, but somehow that's what Fizz wants him to do. And then we also have RJ Barrett, who's now a victim of this offense. Uh, bless the guy, he came out gunning when he started the season. But it's very obvious to see that with the offensive play calling that we have and the, the lack of any creativity with this playbook, RJ Barrett can't do anything. He has to basically drive in every play and and hope that you know he can make the layup because if he gets fouled, I mean he's not making his free throws regardless. And you know what? That's a problem too with this entire team. But I'm not even gonna get into that because right now this is about Fizz. Right off the bat, lineup issues, the rotation absolutely horrendous. Then he makes wholesale switches like offense for defense and defense for offense when it makes zero sense. We were on a run towards the end of the third quarter and somehow he brings in. Um, Trier and uh, I believe Ellington I might, I might have that mistaken but Trier and Ellington there's no defense coming in and he takes off Frank or RJ or Marcus Morris to me that like if you can't stagger your defensive and offensive players like you can't be a coach in college or the NBA so I don't understand how somehow he he's getting away with all that he's doing every single game in and out and to me I love the dude as a person. Like he seems very personable. He seems like he really gets to people, and he can be a player's coach. But at the end of the day, 
this team looks absolutely horrendous. It's it's underperforming wildly, and that's 100% on any coach, whether it was him or whether it was anybody else. That's on the coach when a team is underperforming so damn badly. And, and aside from the lineups and rotation, he just clearly does not know, like, how to play a modern system whatsoever. You hear him in press conferences talking about, you know, RJ doesn't uh, need to rest at all or saying that, or, or basically brushing aside the fact that our offense has no actual identity. At the end of the day, I don't care what the identity is, whether we're going to come in here like dogs, like Marcus Morris said, and, and bully other teams, or whether we're going to be a three-point shooting team. Just give me some kind of identity. If I could watch a game and somehow see a play unfold and know what the end of what the end result of this play is going to be then i would feel so much happier even if that doesn't work out but at the end of the day all i see is plays fail within three seconds because nobody knows what it is i have just as much a clue as any of the players on the court do about what the play is going to be and it ends up being a marcus morris dribble down the shot clock and 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 shoot and pray that it goes in or maybe trier like this game like trying to score anything he can. It, there's just no cohesiveness in this offensive system, and that makes me so beyond angry and furious that I don't understand how a coach in today's, in, in today's day and age cannot be embarrassed putting out the offensive playbook that he's putting out right now. <laughs> I, 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 I forgot that I had two, two other people on this podcast. Um, it took six oh. six games, I think, before Osama just lost his damn mind for seven minutes. And, 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 See what you and, did, and, Fizz? And, yeah, and, and these guys know. See like, what I'm, you did? I'm even keeled. I'm usually an optimist, and I... I'm always fighting for anybody related to the Knicks organization because I honestly I always see the good side in things. But watching this season so far, this has been one of the worst seasons of my life. And I and I lived through the Alexi Shved, Langston Galloway, Lou Amundsen, Clay oh Anthony early oh lineups. Okay, and I and I, I didn't mind watching those games. I watch every single game of the season. But this season, I I can't even I can't even sit here and enjoy the product at all because I just there's nothing going on on the court. It's like you took five guys off the off the park together and asked them to play any of these NBA teams. It's just so sad seeing our players who could have potential in any kind of system go out there and get booed off the court. It's none of their fault. It's honestly none of their fault. Even Bobby Portis, he's trash, but it's not his fault. He's being asked to do more than he, he can do. And that's not his fault. That's on David Fisdale and it's on management as well if they have any responsibility in this. All right, Osama. Uh, sit down. Take a breather. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're heated, bro. I know yeah, you're I need heated. To, I, I need some water. You need some, you need some air. You need some air. Yeah. So uh, I just want to add. You you went over a lot of the good points. Um, I just want to add that on Friday, um, I decided you know I was gonna take a break from drinking so much soda. Um, it's one of my stress. <laughs> it's one of my stress triggers. Whenever I'm stressed out, I drink soda, and it's really been a bad habit. I just want you guys to hear this when I do this. That's the sound of me pouring <laughs> a full ass glass. Yeah, the Knicks are gonna give you diabetes. Oh at diabetes at ten forty five p.m. All right, I couldn't even go two days without you, musty ass, Knickerbocker ass, MSG charging ninety five dollars for the nosebleed ass tickets, ridiculous ass, bald headed. Nope, offensive system, <laughs> Julius Randle, wannabe LeBron ass, turning it over every five seconds, playing. I don't even know what to say. I'm bamboozled. I'm bamboozled, man. <laughs> Julius Randle. What kind of offensive system is Julius Randle bringing up the ball 
when we have a point guard literally walking next to him and then proceeding to turn over the ball, dribbling oh around God. the freaking... I don't even know. I don't even know. If this is what Fizdale came up with, I don't even think he deserves to be a coach in the damn G League because <laughs> this is ridiculous. Our talent level is a lot better than what we've been playing up to, and that's embarrassing. There's so many coaches in this league that take worse talent and like overachieve. Why are we stuck with the guy that literally does not know how to use his players at all? Like, this is just so disappointing as a Knicks fan because we've been a meme that we, like, run through all the coaches in the league. Like, how much coach turnover have we had in the last, like, 10 years? Way too many. Like, I bet you couldn't even mm-hmm. you couldn't even list properly if you tried <laughs> all the coaches we've ran through in the last decade. Whereas you see stable organizations like Miami and the Spurs, they've had their coach for, what, 15, 20 years? It's just so ridiculous that we have no one here that's accountable because every two years we change the coach we try a new system we give excuses oh it's a new system oh it's a new batch of guys guess what this offseason it's gonna be a new batch of guys too because all of these guys are on one-year contracts and i don't understand what fizzdale's perspective is because if you're gonna develop the guys who are here long term you let them play in games he spent all of last season developing a guy like Moutier, only for Moutier to just walk off our team anyway, right? We're going to get and you now, right. We're going to get yeah, you right. It's like he he's literally out here increasing the value of players that we're not going to keep. Because the same thing he's going to do with this this group right here. Who is he playing the most? The guys we have on one years. He's, he's doing with Bobby here. Portis right now. That's, that guy's nowhere near our future. I don't even understand what he's trying to do. I don't think his goals are aligning with what we need him to be. And I don't think he makes it through the next five games. Like, I'm, I'll be shocked if Fizz literally takes this, changes up his whole offensive structure, changes up everything. He's not because he's lost. He's clueless. He doesn't know what to do. We saw a guy literally leaning on his rookie player, a guy who's played, what, 10 games? We saw him leaning on RJ so much to the point where he couldn't even take him out of the game for a break. Like, it just screams of, I'm lost, I need a guy, I'm just going to go with whoever can play iso ball the best and bail me out. And that's so far been Marcus Morris, who I'm, I'm mixed on. Because, yes, he's like a good player, but for us to be relying on him to drop, what, 26 points a game to keep us from losing badly like we don't even win those games when he when he's dropping so much and scoring so much it's just stupid like this is not a scalable um team this is not a a team that's gonna last at all this is a team that's literally a one-year rental team and most of these guys are not going to be here next year this is the stupidest plan i've ever seen and the the franchise is literally at rock bottom once again we have rj we have a bunch of young guys that we don't even play and we just what is the plan here? What was the plan? There is no. There is, simply put, there there is no plan. There's no plan right, going into games. Me, There's no plan for the whole season. There's just let no me plan. Just guzzle yeah, this it's fucking just, coke right now. Hold on. <laughs> <sighs> Mo, you want to say anything? I I I don't even know where to add anymore at this point. You guys you guys covered most of it. Um, pick and rolls and David Fizzle don't match. For some reason, I don't know. And uh, you guys saw what he said about Alfred Payton. What did he say? He said, uh, "Fizzle." He said, "Oh, when when Alfred's ready, we'll see how Frank is doing, and then we'll figure out who's gonna be the starting point guard." 
We're still having conversations go. on who should be the there starting point guard. Oh my god. There you go. Yeah, another one year guy. That's the another line for one me. year guy. Another one year guy who he's investing his time into. It's the stupidest things, man. Look, no offense to Alfred Payton, but Frank just against the Mavs just had one of the best games of his career. He's the youngest Even now, player. In a, He's the youngest player in history to have mm-hmm. four four triples in a game with four steals and three blocks. And this is the point guard on the Knicks, 21 years old, and he yeah. still has to look over his shoulder to see Fizdale looking at Alfred Payne, looking at Dennis Smith Jr., sucking both their dicks and bringing them back into the game and taking Frank out. And he still hasn't even come close to reaching his potential. That's the crazy part. This is a six seven point guard who's a playmaker, who's unselfish, who can still get you, like he just showed, Flash points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. Dude is a monster in blocks. Even in this game alone, where he and everybody else played absolutely horrible, but obviously to, to him, I think it was due to the system. He still had six rebounds, six assists, two steals, two blocks, and, and to go with two turnovers. To me, that's a guy who is doing everything on the court to try to win. And yet you see that as a coach. You see your whole team playing absolute garbage, and you decide, no, 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 no. I'm not going to change uh, Julius Randle's minutes. I'm not going to change Bobby Portis's minutes. But when we see Dennis Smith Jr. and Alfred Payton come back, it's Frank's role that I think is going to be changed. To me, that, that just shows somebody who has no understanding of the game, no understanding of this team, and no understanding of how to like create winning basketball. And that's where I'm done. Because now, I've, been, I've been against, you know, the turnstile coaches like i've been against the idea of firing fizz from the summer but now that i see the actual product that we have on the court when we have a decent team on our roster i can't bear to watch this anymore and that's but why is this i said a, is, is this a decent team though do you think this is a decent roster? yes on I, paper, I think it's a decent you, team yes i don't know i disagree completely i think this is I, a, I think this is a garbage team that was all, or, all like all in all this was not the plan going into free agency this is some backup spare parts that are made to be like but there oh, are worse the teams there are the, are the Cavs are not the Cavs themselves we just played them they are not a better team on paper but they showed the us Bulls the Bulls are not a better team on paper but the uh, Kings, uh, we just no, played I would argue week. against that no I think the Bulls on paper He's, are better uh, well forget paper guys what, minus RJ we can't just go by but paper, That's my though, point. Guys. That's my point. That's my point. We're going by paper because I'm trying to take away the coaching aspect of this. I don't think this team deserves to to have the record that it deserves. If not for the coaching, I think this team would have a better record. I got to disagree just, there. There's just simple decisions you can make to make this team so much better. You start defenders. He finally put Dotson into the rotation, and we see him hitting threes and defending. We finally saw Frank and Dotson playing together, which is something I've asked for for now two and a half years, and they played really well together. You can easily run a lineup of Frank, RJ, Knox, Morris, and Mitch. And in that lineup, you have four defenders. You have two guys who can shoot threes, and you have two slashers. That, to me, is a balanced lineup, and that's something that gets you to a good start. And then off the bench... You have Dennis Smith Jr. and Julius Randle to give you that scoring kick. But then you mix in defenders in there like Dotson, like Gibson. So you have another well-rounded lineup. To me, that's something that's so simple. I can think of it in two seconds. Yet Fizz can't do it in a year and change. Osama, I hear you. But I I just think on paper, 
maybe we're being a little bit biased with our young guys, but I think we legitimately have one of the weakest rosters in in all of the NBA. So now no, here's I'm here's sorry. my here's my thing with like MSG. I think I think we're re- really seeing the MSG effect and the Knicks like fanhood effect in live motion right now, just because RJ. I think one of his reasons that he's dropping is because he's scared to take free throws because he's scared mm-hmm. because he he feels the pressure from the crowd with each free throw that he takes. He's so scared he's gonna miss it. I think he's lost right. a little bit of his aggression. We saw what happened with Dennis Smith Jr. when he got booed. He he lost it. We're we're seeing that same thing, I guess, kind of with Fizdale right now. Frank, we saw in the past, he felt that pressure. There there is a lot of pressure to be a Knicks fan, but here here's here's my point. I think coming into the season, a lot of Knicks fans were pro. The moves that the front office made, you know what I mean. I, te- I I don't know about your personal take, Teddy, but I I know me and I know a lot of people that I saw online were cool and supportive of what Steve Mills and Scott Perry did, just because Plan mm-hmm. A didn't work out. And I I was someone who was definitely approving of it, just because I thought it fit. We all thought Julius Randle could be an All Star. We all thought Mitch was gonna take that next step. Uh, we we didn't know about Frank, but we thought I thought I personally thought Dennis Smith Jr was going to be able to take that ne- next step and maybe possibly even be an all-star. But everything just flipped upside down, and now the MSG and the Knicks fanhood pressures on everybody. I, I want to read a quote to you guys right now that I just saw uh, on what Fizdale said about like 15 minutes ago. He said, quote, I live in that sense of urgency. I don't need anyone to speak to give me a sense of urgency. I'm not cruising through this thing acting like I've got a bunch of time to get a team together. This man's gonna get fired. Okay, does does <laughs> that guy's this gone? Man's that guy's gone. Fired. <laughs> that, that That's guy, not how you respond. That sounds like a dead That's man. That's not how you respond to your bosses. That, put that on his gravestone <laughs> because that guy literally. He's not making th- it tonight. He, does it sound like someone who's under a lot of pressure and and is panicking to basically tell his team, "I'm gonna decide whoever's starting based on how I feel every I, game, and I, I'm gonna dole out minutes based on who's." earning it somehow in practice or on the court does that sound like someone who who, who sounds like they're under pressure why no. is it always us there's always some someone in the front office who's always confusing on what they want to do <laughs> it's, it's, it's either phil jackson or it's isaiah thomas or it's jim dolan now it's fizzdale there's always somebody who's always messing with our heads on what and we have to figure out what what exactly they're thinking. i don't understand yeah. why it's always us guys um so the other day i was uh, actually shared this with osama i think um, there was this Reddit thread where Knicks fans were asking basically mm-hmm. Grizzly fans about what they thought about Fizdale as a coach. And that thread was really, really damning against him because a lot of the criticism that we're talking about right now is basically a lot of the things that those Grizzlies fans were saying. Stuff with stuff like his offensive system makes no sense. The fact that he does he just goes with guys that are really not supposed to be there um, and they're not really the core players that they're trying to develop. Um, things like he just he just has an ego to him that I think we're we're starting to see right now. With when your bosses come out and you know criticize the way that the whole team has been playing, I don't think that's the appropriate response to be like, yeah, you know, I I have been urgent this whole time. Like, no, that's that's not a good way to respond to the to the to the criticism. We're supposed to, you know, talk about how you're going to change things. Make some changes. Don't just say you're going to do the same shit again. So, I don't know. I, I don't think he's going to last. I, he's just, his ego is really showing right now after after those remarks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I saw that Reddit thread and it was damning. I remember seeing something similar to that in the summer and I was trying to convince myself that maybe they didn't understand. Um, they didn't understand their coach as much. They They... 
they bought too much into his um, discrepancies with Marcus Saul, and it didn't work out there. And so they have this little bit of vitriol towards uh, Fizdale. But then now that I'm seeing the same thing in the summer, they called him a snake oil salesman or a used car right. salesman, somebody who's who loves to who loves to just preach stuff but not do it at all. And I was willing to give him that one year of leeway because we didn't really have a team that I thought could ever compete in games. But now that I'm actually seeing he's not talking the talk or walking the walk, I'm starting to understand what they were talking about. And it's so damning to to hear them say all these thoughts that they had about um, him coaching the Grizzlies and us feeling the exact same way internally but not wanting mm-hmm. to vocalize it. Right. And it's just like, it's just, it sucks because the one time I thought we had a coach that could really be the face of this franchise and could really speak to the media and speak to players and, and really speak to what it means to be a Knicks fan, someone who genuinely is so easy to root for because he seems like such a great guy, yet be so bad of a coach. It's, it just sucks. Like, are, is it us? Is it the organization? I don't understand what it is. All I know is, thank God they promoted Mike Miller onto the onto Fisdale staff because these next forty five games, or if you guys think it's any less than that, I think that ultimately that's just the the pending period for Mike Miller to get the head coach gig, and I think he'll do a great job because at least that guy has a track record of turning teams around and making them overperform. Right now, the only player on this team who's out performing what I expected in the summer is Marcus Morris and that's just because he's getting more minutes with Julius I know you guys I know Teddy especially you have a little bit of disdain for him because of the way he's playing but I think that's a product of what Fizz is coaching him into because I remember in the summer when he says when he said Julius Randle can be a point forward for this team and he Mm -hmm. can be the the one who the offense is centered around and focused on and to me that's just beyond stupid he's never played that way and you're not playing to his strengths when you ask him to do that He was a 20 and 10 guy in New Orleans because he wasn't the point forward. He he had a great game, a great one two game with um uh, with Alfred Payton with Payton, but also with AD when he was healthy, and that's why he was able to score so much because he wasn't the focal point. Exactly. But when you ask him to do that, when you ask him to do that, you ask him to do too much. So that's why, Teddy, like you mentioned, he's dribbling the ball up the court. That's why he's driving into traffic and losing the ball. That's why he's jacking up threes when he shouldn't be. That's why his IQ looks absolutely horrendous. That's not the same guy who any of us saw easily get 20, 10, and 3, but guys, 3 to that, 5 that's what, so last That's year. what I'm saying. Like, um, So, Mo, why don't you go ahead and, and go ahead. No, I was yeah. just going to ask Osama why he's so sure that Fizz is going to make it to the All-Star break. <laughs> Oh, I'm not, but I think, I think for optics, that's what I would do as an organization. You give him the 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 year until that break to see if he can at least try to turn around with this team. Because granted, yeah, we have seven new guys or whatever or whatever it is on this team, and so yeah, I would give him those forty-five games just for optical reasons. But to me, he's shown me nothing so far in a year and ten games that shows that he can coach any NBA team, let alone this one on the biggest platform. I think. I'm not. I really, really don't believe he's gonna make it to the All Star break. If he has at least, if he has one or maybe even two more performances like this, I think he's definitely out. Because I don't think Steve Mills and Scott Perry came out on their own whim. I think, I think James Dolan just shat on both of them, and that's why they came out. So <laughs> yeah. Dolan's all. I, I have a feeling Dolan is all over this, and he is keeping a really close eye on Fizzle because they, they did sign all these guys, even if they're one- to two-year contracts. They're big contracts. So he doesn't want a shitty team this season, and he's looking 
for at least some competition. So I think I think one, one even one more performance uh, blowout like this from a lottery bound team fizzes out. Yeah. I, I would I would bet money on that. I agree with that. And this is my perspective, guys. I understand where you're coming from with Randall. I agree. I agree that he's got he's been he's been thrusted into this role that he's not used to. I completely agree. How much of that? is on the front office though because they signed him with the intention of him being the number one guy look we didn't we didn't expect morris to emerge like this neither did we expect rj to emerge like this this randall was really the only guy that we signed that we expected to really take the you know the the blunt of the the the, the workload so that's what i say when um i say this pa- this team on paper mm-hmm. is very weak it's, it's just that like the front office clearly overestimated how good Randall was in in making him the number one go-to guy this season. So I think there's a lot of blame to, you know, pass around everywhere. I think Fizz got some blame for his mm-hmm. idiotic coaching. And I think the front office really, really has to take some of the blame for these signings because Randall's not the number one guy. He's not going to be the number one guy today. He's not going to be the number one guy next season. So I don't know. A lot of blame to pass around. Yeah, I just yeah, Fizzell's just yeah. not. I think Fizzell's just setting them all up for failure, pretty much. Dennis Smith Jr. back to that when he got booed out. That's that's Fizzell's fault. He set him up for that. Again, point forward is not what Randall should be doing. He sucks at dribbling. He he's turnover prone. We all know this. Yet he still would bring up the ball game in and game out. So again, I yeah I I agree. Some of the blame should go on the front office. It can't go entirely on Fizz, but it's it's Fizz's job to set up his guys for success, and that's. That's not what he's doing, plain and simple. Yeah, I, I, when you look at a guy like Randall, you think, oh, he can bully people down in the paint. He's a good rebounder, and he's a good passer. So instantly, I think, okay, play a lot of lineups where he's the small ball five. I think I saw a stat earlier this week where percentage-wise, in New Orleans, he played it around uh, f- like 40% of the time he did that. Mm-hmm. Right now, he's doing that around 10%. Fizz is doing that around 10%. And he has him playing with guys like Bobby Portis and Mitch and Taj. To me, that's just beyond stupid. That's why I say, you know, if you really want to play to his strengths, keep him down low and play a four out, spread pick and roll. Have four guys parked out at the three-point line and have Randall down low. Why is Randall initiating from the top of the key? Anyway, I'm I'm going to stop talking about that (laughs) because we all know, like, none of what we see on the court is making sense. To me, what do you guys... If, if you're Fizz right now and you're on the hot seat, what what are the next changes you're going to make for next game to try to get this team going? Uh, can I just give you guys one more quote that, I, that I'm seeing right now? Sorry, like it's like Twitter's go popping it, right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Marcus Morris said, at the end of the day, fuck the X's and O's. We have to come out and have oh to be better. God. Yeah, see? Yeah. <laughs> That's a man who's not getting coached, oh all right? If, if you know for a fact. You know for a f- if 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 Morris, if oh. Morris had any if Morris was coached by a guy who even remotely cared about running plays, he would never dare to say fuck the Xs and Os. We just got to go out there and play. Do you think a guy who's being coached, who's being led by any man who values uh, a system in play or who values good basketball would ever come out to the media in public and say fuck the x's and o's you only say that if you know your coach is going to back you in that mindset that's how you know fizz does not give a shit about play calling he only cares about getting guys in positions for them to go one-on-one and try to basically outscore opponents honestly you know what the defense has picked up over the past few games 
in this last game right now, we all, I thought we were obviously getting blown up, but we only gave up 108 points to the Cavs. We scored 87. I remember looking up at the score when we had 36 points at halftime. In the fourth quarter, three minutes in, we had 66 points. In the fourth quarter, in a day and age where teams are easily scoring around 110 a game. I just, that's what I thought would be the easiest part to come with this lineup. Not the defense, the offense. You have guys like R.J. Barrett who came in surprisingly great on offense. Marcus Moore surprisingly great on offense. Kevin Knox shooting lights out. You added guys like Wayne Ellington who can shoot the three. We have return guys like Alonzo who has his obviously instant offense. You have Dennis Smith. You have Alfred Payton. I just don't get how a team like that cannot put up points. The only way is if there are no plays being run and every single night they look like they just met each other for the first time. So back to your question, uh, what what was it? David Fizzell, like what should he do now moving forward? Yeah, what are you guys doing next? Like what is the next step for you to save your ass right. in this hot seat? You, uh, Teddy, you got Yeah, it. so I think the first thing that Fizz really needs to do is he needs to go on American Airlines, find himself a plane ticket, <laughs> find himself a nice plane ticket to Miami, right? And two seats. Um, get the pet. Get the pets. Um, what do what do they put them in? Like a little box, right? Get the pets <laughs> add on, right? Yeah, yeah. Ta- take up all your uh, you know luggage, and just roll out to Miami. Join <laughs> Eric Spolstra's Heat team and be an assistant there. Leave Natasha yeah, here. Yeah, you know what? You know what? We'll keep her. We'll keep her. He can just head out. He can just head out. Because I don't think this team is ever coming back. I already sense really bad um, like body language from the whole team in general. Like You can kind of see it in today's loss. Um, just Everyone just seemed like they didn't want to be there. And I can already tell that this is, like, this is what happens when you sort of start tuning out the coach. And you, you're, we're already seeing friction now between the coach and... His players, who are obviously playing for him, but like, don't understand their role here. There's confusion amongst everybody, and now we're already seeing this divide with the front office. Like, this is not gonna last, guys. This is not gonna last. This this coaching, um, you know, experiment is going to end faster than you guys can call it. It's just gonna be gone. Like, how do I even give it a week? Honestly, I'm not giving it a week. Um, but the cool thing is, the lit Jeez. thing is, we are gonna be in the house. <laughs> On the on the fourteenth for that uh, game, so we will see. It. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Be, the next it's blowout. Be very juicy um, <laughs> to see what happens that game because maybe you know it. It all depends. Do they respond really positively that game? Do we have an amazing competitive game, or do we just have another repeat of this? <laughs> Booze being thrown down, KP dunking <laughs> on Frank kind of situation. I don't know. I don't know. It hurts, man. I I'm literally I'm legitimately in pain after watching a game on Friday where everyone played well like a team. It was amazing. I was like, wow, this we're finally gonna turn around. And in a perfect stretch where we play, we play the Mavs, we beat them. We could have played the Cavs and beat them today. They're a very beatable team. Then we have the Bulls on Tuesday, and then the Mavs again on Thursday. I thought, wow, we can actually go on a little bit of a streak here. The one team I thought would have been the streak. easiest to beat in this streak, Are you streak. Kidding me? was the Cavs. And I just, after watching them play like a team, for them to come out this absolutely disgusting on their own home court, 
I wanna, I wanna I, get an AAU team on that court. They'll play better than that. I mean, that's basically what what, what this team looked like right there. And I, I'm just, I, I'm just crying because I I want to sell my tickets to the game on Thursday. Honestly. Uh, well, we gotta wrap this episode up just a little bit. This is a reactionary episode, not the usual episode where we're gonna have games and and all we're hurt, trivia. Man. But basically, <laughs> our next two games are against the two teams that we beat. So we are two and eight. Maybe we'll be four and eight. Probably not. Yo, the Bulls are gonna come back. Get Vendor's gonna kill us. <laughs> the Mavs are gonna come back. KP's gonna dunk on everybody. Frank is gonna break his neck. God forbid. <laughs> knock on wood. I wish oh I didn't my say God. that. <laughs> no man. Why? Uh, no. If, if he's even playing, if 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 Dennis Smith isn't starting or or Peyton isn't starting by then, I feel like what's what the worst part is. That I feel completely bamboozled because we came into the season saying like, oh, the Knicks are finally rebuilding the <laughs> right way. Fizdale is our guy. This team's our guy, and and from the start, we fucked up. Oh I'm off this. I'm, at I'm least just, it was like uh, the first week of basketball, and not January like we always fall apart in. Yeah, now we just have three more months of extra months of fucking <laughs> garbage <laughs> games. So tank season number, you know, three. Can't wait to get the fifth pick. Here Can't we go. Can't wait to get the fifth pick in the end of the year. Yeah. Guys, I'm sorry, but I'm I'm pulling up to the Thursday game with a Doncic jersey. I'm oh, doing it. No. I don't know if I, I can I'm, do this. I'm pulling man. up with a JJ Barea shirt. <laughs> yeah, every, I feel like that's, everyone's got one of those. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that, it just feels like that's gonna be my consolation during that game. Honestly, at the end of the day, like if we play like trash, whatever. Doncic is one of my favorite players in the league, if not my favorite. I honestly have like no hatred anymore give towards KP. Give, give it a break. Oh, fine, give it a break. There's, I mean, there's, like, no, I mean, bro, I just don't. I, I just don't care anymore. Well, like, someone, no, listen, you, you're just all, it's, it's just a, it's bad, just a bad game. game. You don't, you don't it's mean okay, this. you don't have to say things like this. You don't mean like that. You don't mean that. <laughs> no, 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 like, no, no, I, I obviously still support the Knicks. I'm just saying I have no hatred KP, towards KP. He fucking KP. hates you, like, bro. I, don't listen whatever, to this. KP, whatever. we hate KP. Don't come around, don't come around here acting like, just because Osama said on a podcast that he doesn't like you. I mean, that he likes you, that we we accept you. We fucking hate you still. Oh, I, I'm gonna still pull up to Flavor's ass for sure. I mean, I gotta do that. But I, I, it was actually really funny the other day when I saw when I saw him get an interview in the locker room, and he said he's not sure how the the MSG is gonna receive him, whether it's gonna be cheers or booze. I'm like, dude, what what like what age do you live in? Like, did you not did you not see what happened? Like, you're gonna get flamed, my guy. Like, you're done. Like, he's gonna get booed. Our team is probably gonna get booed. Everyone's getting booed that night. That's all I know. No one's getting cheers. And if, if the Mavs are getting cheered and, and we're not, then I'm never going to a Knicks game again for the rest of the season. Dude, the last game I went to, that's what happened, man. <laughs> the oh, Celtic game. The Boston game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheers for Taco Fall. Like, if I see some bullshit-ass cheers for, like, whatever random end-of-the-bench guy on the Mavs. I, I don't know uh, who they're, who's on there. Like, a bunch of random dudes. Probably, if I see Tim cheers Hardaway. for Tim Hardaway, Tim Hardaway I'm, I'm walking no, out. I'm guy. walking out. <laughs> I'm walking. If he lights us up. I'm you don't think he out. will? Who's if defending court... him, huh? Uh, it'll be Frank, I would hope. Oh no, Frank will yeah. guard Doncic, but it'll be like you, you it'll think be so, RJ. but no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yo, Frank was guarding uh, Darius Garland today, right, and not Colin Sexton. Uh, he he mean, had his hands I mean, full, man. He had his hands full. Yeah. He was trying to guard both of them, basically. <laughs> Frank's been guarding f- five players, like t- even today, he was. Like bodying guys like Tristan Thompson, like it's just it. It makes me cry. Like half of me wants him to go to a team that's yeah, actually gonna. Yeah, yeah, I think him. I'm in that position too. I think he needs to go to the Spurs and actually be a real player. I don't. I don't. 
Yeah, I was just going to say that. Papa's I don't know what he's doing on the, Knicks. Doing right on the Knicks because he's way too talented and we don't know what the hell we're doing with our with our future. We're lost. We're lost at sea. Yeah, I think we should all we all refugees. Call it a day. Sorry. Go to sleep. Sleep on okay. this one. You know, think about other things. Have a good night. And then come back tomorrow refreshed and forget about whatever we just saw tonight. Maybe it was a dream. I, I just rewatched Inception. So I can't, honestly, at the end of the day, like, uh, I don't even, I don't even know what's reality anymore. Because I know, God knows, whatever I just watched was not. Well, we'll be back here Tuesday with each other, at least, talking about the next fucking blowout game. Anyway, uh, for the listeners, thank you guys for listening. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. That's Nickish Show, um, and website is coming soon. It's in it's in the works, and we got some articles that we're writing and some merch that we're gonna put on the website as well. So look out for that. Um, and Thursday, if you guys are going to the Mavs game, look out for us. The three of us will be there. Uh, we're probably gonna do some interviews with some some uh, some of the fans and try to get their thoughts on the upcoming game. And, uh, yeah, follow us, tweet at us, and DM us, and let's let's go, Knicks. Yeah, sorry, guys, for the for a little bit of a sad episode here, but it is what it is, you know? Sometimes I'm going go to give a non-apology like this. get to better coaches, so. better team. All right. It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck the X's and O's. All right, so until next time, uh... Yeah, Peace. follow us and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Peace. See ya.